Hello, Vitamizers, and welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. As always, I'm Allison here in Austin, Texas with Slenderella, and our guest today got John and Baldo on their feet, unlike any other guests before, but before we get into it. The How Do You Health podcast is brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is recorded at MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. This podcast is sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabstofitness.com. Okay, so our guest today is Jessica Schaefer, and she's so cool. She's all about mindfulness and mobility and getting people moving again. We talk so much about how we're meant to be moving pretty much all day, and very few of us actually are anymore. She got John and Baldo into some squat positions. We talked about the different therapies and modalities she uses with clients to get them more mobile, and she's just so knowledgeable in what she's doing, and apparently, I've never had a service like she offers before, but she helped John through a really tough time in his life, and it was as much an emotional release as it was a physical benefit for him, so it's this is a really cool episode, and you guys are going to learn a lot. Here is Jessica Schaefer on the How Do You Health podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. Uh, we have Jessica Schaefer here. She's uh, a restorative exercise, exercise specialist, specialist yes. among many other things. Thank you. Um, and she's a great friend of ours. She grew up with John, actually. No, 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 no. no. She grew up with That's parents. a different nope, Jessica. No, 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 no. Back up here. I don't know you, I don't know you guys have known each other. We've known each other for a while. Okay. Um, we grew up together. We, that's Let's cool. Just go Maybe with we this. did. Maybe another life. Maybe we another did, life. Right? We, we did. Totally okay. So did. Jessica is a Bowen therapist as well. Yes. And that's how we met. So she was, I think, working on Merrick yeah. first, yeah. and then I went through my whole like crazy like years of just anxiety, depression, stress to the point where I had a breakdown. He went to the ER because of it, and then Merrick's like, you need to go see, see Jessica. Jessica. And so that's how we got introduced, and then I started working with you. 
I knew there was awesome. a deep connection, but I thought There's it was very, like you grew up together or something like that. I mean, where'd you grow up? Washington, right? <laughs> well, most of my life, Seattle area, but yeah. California is a young kid. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it very well could have been. We're maybe old souls and yeah. reincarnating into something else. For all I know, we were hanging out another lifetime. But the it's cool, totally possible. It's very possible. But the cool thing about Jessica is that the, the comforting, welcoming vibe that she's created in her, her clinic and her practice was very much what I needed at the time yeah. and to get me to this point. In fact, like we actually got to catch up for like just a few minutes right now. And uh, you've seen me do a 180. Oh, totally. Like, just the thing. And it's cool, because for anyone who doesn't know what bone work is, it's energy work. That's how the best way I can play it, right? I know it's going to downplay what you do. But um, it's acupressure points mixed in with meridian work, mixed in with basically working emotion. On yeah, mm-hmm. working fascia. on fascia, emotional release. The stuff that basically, like, you can't get rid of because it just keeps coming back, like, psychostimically. Like, just psychosomatic aspect of... Why do I always feel like this when I hear this sound? Or why is it, you know, when I do this, it always leads to this. It's like, how do I, you can't take a pill for it. Like you can't, (laughs) you can't go get injected with this. Like, I'm just sorry. But like, that's where I was like, well, what else am I supposed to do? And so at the time I saw Jessica, I. Is there any hypnosis involved in this? Not really. It's, it's not that at all. It's, it's, you're literally face down. You know what it is? Yeah. You're face down is the work primarily works. I would say two components that I tell my clients, the biggest be the nervous system, which is your regulator. And when you're going through a form of stress, mm-hmm. you are kind of stuck in that fight, fight, or freeze mode, yeah. right? And then a lot of adrenaline and cortisol is running through the body and it creates more anxiety. And so Bowen has a way, very gently, of telling the brain, everything is okay. So yeah. it takes you out of that fight, fight, or freeze mode. And then the other favorite thing is the fascia. And the fascia, we're learning so much about the fascia. When I went to massage school like 18 years ago, they taught me like this much because research is pretty much new and the fascia holds consciousness. It's fractal in nature. It's tensegris. So when it's loaded, everything has to accommodate the load and then it returns to its position after the load is removed. And the problem is, if you've got an area that's become really congealed, then you're not getting energy flow. Yeah. That creates a block. Yeah. 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 And that's what causes pain. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's why I liked uh, studying Graston, right? Because the idea is it's a myofascial release. Yes. Right? And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that whenever we hold on to things, when we talk about stress, like people say I deal with stress differently. Um, some people even use that term like I, I handle stress pretty well. I think it's bullshit because you don't handle stress well. It comes out in other forms, right? With me, I literally, in the span of one year, I got married. I graduated with my master's degree. Um, I passed my national board exams. I got two promotions. We bought a house all in like span of like six months. And then we decided, okay, like this is what we want for our life. I remember I passed my boards. And then like two days later, I basically had a nervous breakdown. And it was like, I went to every single doctor imaginable, right? The neurologist, the ENT, I mean, went to the ER physician. It was crazy. I was like, I can't believe you did that. You actually went to ER. Well, the funny thing is, you know, when you talk about like the the nursing or the medical students and they're studying like for their boards, they they self-diagnose everything, right? I forget the term, Mm -hmm. but it's like, oh, I I have that. I know Mm -hmm. I have that because that's exactly what I have. So I have all these things going and practicing in my brain. And I was like, it's probably a hemorrhage. Like, I bet you it's just like a brain hemorrhage. Like, I get you. Because the thing is, I had all this pressure building up in my head. 
And like I'd have like this like kind of like dizziness, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna pass out when I talk to people. <laughs> and so it's like, what is it? What is it possibly be? And so I remember when it happened. I was talking to my boss. We were in the same room. I had my coat and tie on, and my white coat on, and my tie on, which was like. I was straight. gonna say your tie was. It was like- well. The thing was like how you know how Baldo does his tie deal. I used to wear ties all the time, like for work, and I was the only practitioner who would do it because I just had all these ties. I wanted to wear it. Is that when it, you had your mustache? I had my mustache. <laughs> yes, I did. You remember that too? See, <laughs> that's, that's like we do go way back. We do go The curls. Yes, the handlebar. <laughs> I had a handlebar mustache, yes, everyone, and it was totally awesome. Up on he actually could work it. it. He could actually it was work awesome. It. <laughs> it was perfect. It was because uh, it wasn't the Salvador Dali because I turned it up like Raleigh Fingers. It was a lot of fucking maintenance, like is what it was. And so I decided to grow my hair out long instead. But when I had uh, the coat and tie deal. I felt like I was just being strangled all the time. Like, and I would talk to people and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't do the button. I remember I was talking to my, my, my doctor, my mentor. And, um, he looked at me and I was like, I got to step out of this room. I step out of the room and like, I'm pulling my tie off and my nurses are there. Like what's going on? I'm like, get blood pressure out, read my vitals and take my blood glucose. Maybe I need to get hooked up to oxygen because I feel about to pass out. So I was like self-diagnosing and treating in my head. And it was funny because my blood pressure went from like 180 over 100 up to like 200 over like 120 at one point. Like it got high and they had the oxygen hooked up and like my my boss comes over and says, what do you want to do? I was like, well, if I go to the ER, I can see if it's a hemorrhage, right? Because they're going to order a CT scan and they'll check my brain. And I'm like, he's like, okay. And I was like, just order it. So sure enough, ordered it, nothing, right? Everything's fine. So they're like, okay, go to the neurologist. Go to the neurologist. Neurologist kind of does all these tests, looks at him. Nothing. Then he sends me over uh, uh, the ENT. Then he sends me all this. And nothing. Like, I knew it the whole time. I was like, it's just stress. Yep. So I was like, how the fuck do you deal with stress? <laughs> like, really? Because I wasn't doing it right. Loosen your tie. Loosen my tie, right? <laughs> and so that's when Merrick's like, go see Jessica. <laughs> She's like, you've been wanting to go see her. Go see her. So every day, like, almost every week. It was every week. Yeah. It was once every week, week at one point. Once a week, I would stop the pain world of that horrible, horrible fucking world I lived in of just dealing opioids all the time and trying to get people out of pain. Right. And I say that in quotations. And I would drive clear across yeah. Austin yeah. and I would have the most tranquil experience for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Right? And I would lay down, very soothing, and she's so like... So is there any talking involved? Like, is there no. Any- I mean, naturally, you know, things uh, may come up. Sometimes people need to process and just talk and sometimes revisit trauma. Yeah, that's... Yeah. It's um, badass. It's awesome. Anyone who doesn't know about it, go look up Bone You're like, how many practitioners in Austin are there? I think now there's five right but so, at the time no i was it it was funny and i because there were times i was like why well, can't make it today is you know like is there another time and your practice hours were shortened at the time yes. right well, i was just working you're time. yeah and you're like there's no way i can't do it because you you were you move locations yes and you're like but there's this other person that you can see i was like i don't want to see anyone else now i know what clients go through here they're like i i don't oh, want to yeah. see anyone else right like i want to see you well especially when you know, because I work with so many people who've had trauma and are stuck in chronic pain, and you, this is what I know of the body, you have to feel safe with your practitioner. You cannot fully process and release unless you feel safe. Yeah. So it does matter. Oh, I makes Because I've been to a number of practitioners, and there's only a few where I'm like, I can feel myself actually let go. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so real quick, so how did <laughs> you go awesome. first? How did you get into bone work, and then how did it evolve into... You just so got back to M- MFR, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just trained in John Barnes, mouthwash release. It was awesome. It was awesome work. Uh, I'm always wanting to learn and grow. That sure. <laughs> never ends. So I went to massage school in 2000, and before I graduated, there was a, a gal that came in who did Bowen, and she talked about it. And I remember sitting there going, no freaking way. 
because everything I was learning in massage school was with the deep tissue focus. So a lot of treatment work, sports massage, everything is like taking your elbows and like raking people, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, okay, lay down. And she did these super gentle moves. And on my mind's like, no way, no way, no way, this can't work. And then my body, I remember this feeling of like, everything just letting go. And I literally felt like an oscillation, like this wave-like movement running through my nervous system. And I felt like I was home. That's how I felt, like my body is home. And I think it just released the stress. That was it. That is our natural state. Yeah. But the pace that we move at, as you know, yeah. you're a fast mover. Yeah. 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 It's like we forget to breathe. So Shit, you taught me that actually. You did <laughs> I didn't even You have to breathe. Right? Was, you're a yogi. You have to breathe. Yeah. Everything starts and ends with the breath. I always tell people breathe. I have an advantage on things just because like I'm pretty aware of my breath. Yes. I think most yogis are. Yeah. Because it's that's all about the practice. You would hope, is right? the life force. You have to keep the life force. And I'm spiritual and I believe that's how spirit moves through us. So anyway, getting back to your question. So Gal came in, did a presentation, I was like this the whole time, had the work and I was like, shit, I gotta learn this. Like there is something magical about this. Graduated from massage school, immediately started learning Bowen, and it took me two years to go through the process, and then I became what's called a registered Bowen work practitioner. And what happened was I was doing massage, working at a chiropractic office for a chiropractor, and this is what really got me. I had a client come in who had polio when she was seven, which you never hear of polio anymore. Mm -hmm. But as a result, her left arm muscles were atrophied and she never could really move it. And she had had a car accident, so she was seeing the chiropractor for you know whiplash and I was treating her with massage. And then I'm like, let's try Bowen on you today and just, just see what happens. And I did two sessions, two weeks in a row, and she came in for the third session and she was like, look, Jessica, I haven't done this since I was a kid. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, she just unwound. Yeah. She just unwound. Her body had held that trauma. So I was like, okay, I'm sold. I gotta, I gotta keep learning this stuff. And yeah. so the more I integrated the work into my massage practice, the less I had to do massage. And I only did massage therapy for like maybe a year and a half, and then I completely stopped. And I haven't done a professional massage in like 15, 16 years. Yeah, I know. All the the letters after your name. It's funny because it's like LMT, right? Like it's yeah. like which I have to. Well, in Texas, I think you could learn Bowen, but not have to go to massage school. But in Washington state where I was licensed, you can't practice a form of touch without having at least a massage background. Yeah. So I had to be an LMT. Yeah. But like, you're also a yoga teacher. Yeah. And then you also incorporated the functional stuff, which is interesting because I, I see you have all these props out here and we actually, Oh yeah. These I, are I, not just decorations. You know what's funny? <laughs> Here's another thing. You know how I do that wall stretch with the hamstring? I learned it from her. Because she used, she, she used the same prop. She used the same prop. She's stealing your yeah. moves. I know. Yeah, okay, so here's, <laughs> a, okay, so here's the reason for the prop. So here's the thing I recognized, and I know you guys get. Um, people are movement deficient. And if you take a little walk back in history and you look at early man, for like millions of years, we were hunters and gatherers. Like millions of years. Millions of years, okay? Early man, astrologists, that's Lucy, right? One of the oldest human remains that we found. They were short and squatty. They had huge mandibles, right? To accommodate, you know, loads, because we basically ate tubers in the ground. <laughs> right? Thank God we're beyond that, because I really like avocados. Um, so, you know, so, you know, we were, we were quadruped. What we think is food became scarce. We had to start, you know, reaching up, getting into trees, right? We became biped. And, you know, there was this, evolution that occurred and then as we moved into farming communities that's when it, disease was really introduced because we were living in 
close proximity to other humans, right? There was waste and then animals, so like typhoid fever is a great mm -hmm. example of that. So my point is, for like literally millions of years, man has moved outdoors. We have been connected to nature. We are dependent on it for survival. And in just the short blip of time, like literally a blip with industry and technology, it is like we have been removed from our whole natural process as a human. And we have invented, invented this idea of exercise as a replacement, but the reality is it's not enough. And because I work so much with people who have chronic pain, um, this is something I've been seeing for years, is like there's something missing here. And because of my pain, what I went through with my iliopsoas, um, and working with people who are like, I've done everything, I've tried this, I've tried that, I'm like, there's, there's just still something missing. And what I've learned in studying restorative exercise with Katie Bowman, she's a master biomechanist. She has the Nutritious Movement Center up in Squim, Washington. Um, what she's basically teaching is movement ecology. It's how to get back in nature and move. And so a lot of my work is um, teaching people, like there are movements that you still need to do that we would do if we were outside that your body is still craving. Like for example, the squat. So many people can't squat. This is one of the first like natural abilities that we should it's be able to do. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna, yeah. How you check it out? And so, you know, squat, you know, variations come in many ways. And so, you know, a lot of my clients are, I'd say 50s plus, I would say a good 80% can't do that. Oh, no, they can't do that. But they that's a problem. Right? I, that's my biggest problem is squats. Really? Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I too, I've been able to squat because I've been doing <laughs> yoga for about 20 some years. But it was uncomfortable to get into a squat. Well, like I would get into one, and it would be like, "When can I get out of this?" Right? Like well, that's this how is, I am now. yeah. And so we just don't have the range in our hips and our knees and our feet. So the last five years, that's I've been working on that. I'm constantly doing things to mobilize the areas that are immobile, because that's reality. We all move and exercise, but a lot of us are overworking areas, and other areas are being underworked. And when you look at the science. <clears throat> I mentioned fascia earlier mm -hmm. and how we're understanding it so much more that it really is, it holds everything in the body. It surrounds every organ, every tissue, mm -hmm. every bone. It's within the brain, it's on the outside of the brain, mm -hmm. and it holds trauma. And when it gets glued and stuck, it pulls on everything else. Wait, is fascia considered an organ too? Mm -hmm. I would consider it an organ because yeah. the thing is it has neurofeedback. Yeah. I mean, I, it's our main connected tissue. It really is. And, you know, a lot of science and medicine is based on looking at dead bodies. And a fascia is brittle. And a cadaver is brittle. But a live body, it's aqueous. If you break it down, the tiniest, you know, aspect of uh, a fascia is it's a microtubule of water. It's water. So because of the way we move and we don't move, we're all getting stuck. That's why we can't squat. Our fascia has become so congested. So it's also like how different muscle groups can communicate with each other, right? Is that, am I Well, it's, right? the more I learn, like everything's so interconnected. Like we used to like, well, this muscle, this tendon, right? This ligament, fascia is interwoven within all of it. It's yeah. one continuous web. Yeah. So <clears throat> really with this work, I, I've just become so present to the fact that we have to move our body in various ways every day. We, we can't, this whole idea that we can just like run for an hour and think that that's going to be enough, it's just not enough. It's not enough. So I've been able to integrate into my life, like throughout my day, I'm stretching, 
you know, I'm stretching my hamstrings, working on my feet. Calf stretch is a big one. Most people have really, really tight calves. Yes, everybody's <laughs> shaking their head. And a lot of it, like, um, I don't have my shoes in here, but especially women's shoes, but even men's shoes, I don't know if you guys, but they have a little bit of a heel, right? And women traditionally wear shoes with more heel. You do? <clears throat> wear what? Well, even tennis shoes. <laughs> you shoes wear heels? heels? These, yeah, tennis shoes do have heels. I wear those toe shoes that everyone gives me shit for all the time, though. Although, the, the five fingers, the those are good, though. Fingers. Yeah, yeah, those are minimal. Fingers. So, with us being elevated... <laughs> this is me trying to acclimate to society. I typically have those five fingers on. I love, if y'all can see the face that Allison just like, made right now, it's like... Yeah. You're the bar now, Allison. <laughs> you should feel so proud. Those are so good. But anyway, so, you know, we're... In essence, we're being lifted, and so that back line gets shortened. And then every single joint has to comp compensate for the fact that we're being pushed forward. Well, it's also so. the proprioception and the equilibrium like the the posterior dorsal column of the nervous system is basically what keeps you balanced yes and so if you're lifting that off the yes. ground where's the connection to inertia yes. yeah that's my thought exactly yeah. and the fact that you know if we were moving outdoors pretend this is a rock we'd be doing this a lot we'd be walking up right surfaces with multiple textures and so we've like we can't even a lot of people can't even do this i like get them on the half dome and they're like oh this is hard they, this foot is back here this is a negative gait pattern. So this tells me as they're walking and locomoting, their calves are so short. Number one, they don't have the ample force generation to get forward, but they have a shortened gait pattern. And they're probably walking in a way where they're lifting up their leg and falling forward versus using the butt. Well, they can't even... Using... Well, I was going to say, they don't even use their, their vastus medialis to lift their knee, right? Because they're almost well, dragging. Well, if you're walking on flat level ground, these should be really turned off. And I can tell if, let me stand up, I'll show you something. Well, Take off your shoes. To be clear, the vastus medialis is the one quadriceps muscle that attaches to the inside of the knee, and that's why so many women are knock-kneed, right? Because their their VMO typically is weak. Yes. Uh, well, so it's works, the hardest one to activate in modern society. Oh, yeah, so he's, he's a good, can, is this a good angle? Yeah, him. I can see. I wish right. you're not. You're pretty, you have tight jeans. Are you able to pull them up over your kneecaps? Or uh, you have to tell you take off your pants. <laughs> shoot. Yeah, perfect. Okay, good. I was gonna say, I don't know what underwear I'm wearing. I today. like your socks. I'm kidding. Thank you. <laughs> if it was Friday, it would be all avocado. Okay, oh. so I want you to stand with your feet underneath your pelvic bone. So okay. ASIS. So scoot your feet a little bit more in. Yeah. Okay. okay, so here's what I want you to do. On this is gonna be fun. Ready? Okay, I want you to lift and lower your kneecaps. <laughs> lift and lower your kneecaps. Yeah. It's like. Wait, does that literally we mean just stop? No, leg? don't lift your leg. You can't. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you, that's the only way I can do it. You that's because you would flex and relax. You're so this is, this is like when I am working with somebody, especially <laughs> if they have foot, knee, or hip issues, is I'm looking to see in a standing posture, you should be able to relax your kneecaps. So what's happening is, are you a runner? Are you still running? Yes, yeah, somewhat. Somewhat? Yeah. Okay. So a lot of us, because... Can I squeeze in here? Yeah. I'm gonna side profile. So a lot of us are standing like this. So what the quads tend to do is they fire, and what that does is it lifts the kneecaps, okay? And so the body basically is like, I don't wanna fall over. So it's having to engage quads, hip flexors. But standing, I'm gonna lift and lower mine, I don't know if you can see them. Standing, we should be using our posterior to support us, and we should be able to do this. That was like shaking your booty. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said that, yeah. yeah. Well, so sit down and go like this, John. You too, Waldo. Go like this. Try this. Legs out. Now try it. So we're taking gravity out of it. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Look at that little sucker. 
Okay, do your left one. Straighten your legs up. There you go. I know it's funny because I'll have like super trained athletes come in and they're like, I can't do this. <laughs> because you're always using your quads and you should not always be using your quads. And the long term problem is you're going to get pressure in there. Okay. That's a problem, right? Anywhere yeah. where there's too much pressure, you get friction. When there's friction, there's inflammation. Yeah. So a lot of healing knee stuff is learning how to stand and relax your kneecaps because your quads should be shut off. Should okay. be working. So that's what we're looking at in restorative exercise well, cool. is like natural human movement. Are you able to do it? And most people can't. And this is a big one. I'd say 90% of my clients can't do that. They cannot relax their kneecaps. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Wait, so can you do it? Is your mind blown? <laughs> that's cool. I mean, I, I, I totally get that because the thing is like you talked about the holding pattern with the fascia. Like yes. if, if, um, this is why I don't like dealing with posture because my posture sucks to begin with. So I'm not going to tell someone to fix their posture. Mine sucks. But like you have to like redo a whole neurological guarding system and undo everything you're doing. Like I sleep on my right side every night. I hold my phone on my right side. I hold my, you know, women will hold her purse on this side. Right. And then it's like, just like you said all ago and I adjusted you, my hip seems a little bit lower on the right side and then my left hips a little bit higher to reverse that holding pattern. You have to do so much work, and I think the unless, one, and you have to unless be though, but unless, but but that may be coming as, from a chiropractic. I don't well, know. That's where what, you're that's, my, that's from. my chiropractic because then what you're saying is if you can release the the neurological hold on yes. whatever it is, then that's when you can reverse it. Because really, as a chiropractor, you're saying, all right, you adjust, and then you do a little bit of muscle work, and hopefully everything holds in place, right? Okay. The reason I even do grafts is because. If you don't fix the muscle tension or the elongation or the contraction of it, then you're never going to get that body to stay in a different pattern, right? And that's why I think like uh, active, re uh, active release technique, um, even dry needling now, yeah. is trying to address that. Because like, think about it. You're talking about going to like the Golgi tendons, the Golgi apparatus where you're essentially saying, I want to uncoil what the what the contraction of these muscle fibers are doing because they if someone has it band syndrome where it's so contracted how do you cause that muscle to relax right that's the chiropractic that's thing, right so from your standpoint so that's my standpoint is release the fascia and i would give you stretches you and i prefer versus like foam rolling these little balls because they're grippy they're made to sort of mimic human hands you feel it um because Laura has a whole workshop with tennis balls. Yeah. Well, and these are, I mean, they're similar, but they actually have grip, and they're, this is supposed to be like the pressure of a thumb. And then the bigger ones are like elbow, palm of the hand. Hey, yeah. get it in there. Get it in there. The How Do You Health podcast is brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is recorded at MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. 
Put it this way, if your IT band needs to be released, you'll know it because you almost want to like throw up. Oh yeah. Because you're putting so much pressure on it. It's like ah it's like that good release. But you know that one of the best ways is just yeah, it's it's releasing the fascia because that is literally the binding that's happening. And so, you know, in my experience you can work all day on trying to get the muscle to relax, but fascia has to be a, a slow and gentle release. To get through that collagenous barrier, it has to be slow and gentle. Yeah. yeah. Well, like when you talked earlier about the plantar. Mm -hmm. um, so this is plantar flexion. Right. This is dorsiflexion. You're, it's funny because you said no one does this anymore. No. Because they're all doing this. Yes. So no especially wonder, with shoe wearing. Yeah. yeah especially, if, you know, women who mm -hmm. wear heels. I mean, no wonder they all walk around with foot pain, right? Yes. Because not only is the foot doing this yes. and staying that way, yes. but then they're smashing their toes yes. directly into the front of the heels due to gravity. Yes. And it's, it, it throws off the chain reaction. Yes. So it's, it's like I've always said, knee pain doesn't start in the knee. No. It can start down here. Yeah. A lot of time it does. Why are, why are uh, um, high heels even a thing? Because they look. In our culture, they look good. They're sexy, I right? I mean, you like them? I just good. I want to be taller. Do you want the historical answer? <laughs> oh, sure. I just don't. They were originally made for men to make men look taller because back in the Middle Ages, men were short. fairly short, sub five five. I just and think they're loud. Wow. I didn't them. know that. They're loud. Yeah. But then women adopted them as men grew out of fashion. They just huh. look very uncomfortable. Thank That's you, right. you have a history degree. Yeah. <laughs> I just think they look very uncomfortable and they throw off your posture. So a woman has oh, like, so plantar fasciitis, I'm like, stop wearing heels. Yep. That's the number one thing you can start doing. Yes. Flip-flops? Yeah. Well, 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 here's the thing with flip-flops, though. And we all love those shoes because we live in a warm climate. But flip-flops, you end terrible. up, because they don't stay on your foot, so you end up toe gripping. That's mm -hmm. where your toes do this, and it creates a lot of foot tension. So I've mm -hmm. treated a lot of people with plantar fasciitis and then hammer toes. Hammer toes. Hammer toes. That is a thing. Yeah. So a really good, a really good stretch for that is to reach your foot back and tuck your toes under. So this is a common one that I'll oh, teach. I, did that, I do that when I. Which one is that for? Any really any foot tension, but especially for people who've been wearing flip flops and heels, this is a great, a great exercise slash stretch for. That was me in college. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I always do in uh, when I'm warming up for yoga. I'll just do this. Ah! To pop my toe. Damn. <laughs> that was crazy. So good. That was crazy. And in the reverse, getting like the, the plantar. I mean, not everyone can do this, but this is one of my favorites. Like, just like this. Now I have a lot of clients. Wait, what did I say? What, fire toes? Fire toes. Like yeah. Toga. Am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do with my pelvis? Relax it. Oh. <laughs> Don't do anything. I almost feel like my legs are starting to come out to the side. Are supposed to? No, Are they keep, supposed to? Yeah, keep the ankles in. <clears throat> yeah, this is a great one to do. Because once again, being shot all day, we get really tight. Oh, now I can feel like my little toes starting to relax because this is all my big toes. I have gout. So like that's it's really hard for me to get a lot of flexibility in my toes, so I always well, this keep is, moving. This is good then. This is like oh, yeah, perfect I can stuff feel for you because you need the circulation in your feet. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're tight. And yeah. you know like that fascia is what goes all the way up the backside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it'll like sometimes it's so tight, it's like pulling down on people. Well, you go to Jerry's class, and one of us will make you do that for like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then your arms are sore. I try to do it every day. <laughs> and then your arms are sore because you're yeah. like this, like this hurts. This hurts. Well, he told me one time during a class, like, he was like, Why is your face like 
like, why are you squinting during Savasana or breathing? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you should be smiling. Smile. Smile. And then that goes down the whole breathing and holding on to tension and all that. I was like, damn it, dude, I don't even know how well, to breathe Well, his right. face was so constricted, and we were like, Savasana. I was like, dude, just <laughs> chill out. I'm like, That's why you're stressed. Yeah, I'm trying hard to relax, damn it. God. That is so funny. Oh, yeah, man. but like, I, I totally get the uh, the foot balancing. I understand. Uh, that's why I do a lot of like uh, half moons like to warm up with before yeah. I go working out, just because I can feel where I'm weak, because I always would roll my left ankle all the time. And so that side, it's taking a lot of work. Do you want to test your hip strength? Hell yeah, I do. Okay, <laughs> I got to go in for you. Um, do you want to try this too? Yeah. Do you have another yoga block around here? <laughs> do we? We got yoga blocks. You want to buy some from us? We got so many damn yoga. Whoever's oh, listening, yeah, those are even better. Got me, we're selling got a bunch. I'm going to get some of these because they're more sturdy than my cheapos. Take your socks off, John. All righty. Because you're going to feel more. Okay. If I could walk around barefoot, I would, but nobody wants to see a practitioner with. I work barefoot. I, I'm barefoot, yeah. Well, we just gotta just change the norm. Okay, so we're gonna work on something day. called the pelvic list, and it is a motor program that's needed when we walk. So as you walk, right, one and a half times your body weight translates to each side. The problem is most of us are doing the whole lift my leg, fall forward, so we're bypassing activation here. Okay. So we're gonna kind of just test to see is is it working? Is my lateral hip working? And then this is actually how we strengthen it. So you're gonna step up on your yoga block, try to get your toes forward. Make sure there's a little bit of space. I know you have long feet, but make sure there's <laughs> a little bit of space. Yeah. yeah okay. So we're going to step up on it. Good. And then what I want you to do is think of your hips as like a seesaw. So you're gonna press down through the right foot as your left foot comes up. Like, Keep your legs straight like this. Oh. So look at me. I'm gonna here. I'm gonna come over here. Just okay over here. Probably don't see me. So like this. Yes. And so you should feel something firing in your butt, hip. If you don't, if you're feeling the quad, it's because your weight's coming too far forward. So Is this how you dance also too? I don't Tango. Know. I'm about to fall. Tango is the, the same one that time. requires oh, leaning. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, and then we're gonna lift. So now you're gonna drop that foot down and then up. I, mean, I can feel like my my <laughs> hips back here kind of going up and down. I don't feel anything engaging. Okay. I don't have an ass, so that is probably so this is, this is exactly why I need to be doing this. So this is just a basic human function, but like I said, because we're all walking in essence backwards. You're not, not basic using, enough. I'm not, not basic, basic. <laughs> God dang. Are we calling people with butts basic now, Baldo? Yes. I feel targeted. <laughs> <laughs> You're so basic. Okay, so now let's add some hamstrings. So now, now flex forward at the hips. So with, now we're getting hamstrings. With the hip lifted or no? Just, yep, with that left foot or your right foot. Yep, I don't want to call heads. Let's <laughs> go back a little bit. Yeah. So now we're getting some hamstring work. Oh, I can feel it. Yeah, good. You feel something. I feel something. My hamstrings, hi. <laughs> Good, and then come back up. Good. All right. Do you feel your? Yeah. yeah. I felt both of them there, actually. Okay, do the other one just so we get, you know, some balance there. All right. So remember when you do this, you want to push down through your foot on the block so much so that the other one comes up. Because a lot of people just want to hike their hip. It's a different movement. So, yes. Good. And then list. So down and up. And like I said, if you start to feel your quad, back your weight up so it's in your heel. I can do this better on this side. Yeah, typically that's what happens. One side's stronger. 
Good, and then yeah, you can try the hamstring and then you just come forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I have clients, they can't even do this. Ah. I put them on a block and they're like, they can't even lift their leg up. Felt it all the way in my left toe, like even. Like yeah. I could feel in my calf and it like stretches the bottom of my big toe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so it's called the pelvic list. Yeah, that is a one that I commonly bring in because people are like, man, all my hips hurt, my back hurts. I'm like, you're not even using your hips. Your hips aren't even, <laughs> they're not even working. And your hip flexors are so jacked because that's all you're using when you move. So, yes. And then I go immediately to sitting and contracting my hip flexors. So you should stop doing that. <laughs> I can recommend a great, yeah. It, honestly, the secret to me is just changing your load throughout the day. So it's not necessarily better to stand in one place, right? Because a lot of people have standing workstations, yeah. which is probably better than sitting all day, but you just need to move. Move your body. I have a friend who has I a do handstands treadmill for their workstation. <laughs> That's what I do. You have a treadmill? Oh, yeah? Mm. Of course you do. Oh, I don't have a treadmill. I go to the gym and you have like an office? Person. No, I go, to, I go to the gym. <laughs> and just sure you just start working out at the gym? And, and I walk on the, on the treadmill at the gym and just like I'll be there for hours just walking slowly because like I can't stand still. I shift a lot. And that's actually I heard uh, Ben Greenfield did a podcast talking about he typically shifts position 20 every 20 ish minutes between sitting or kneeling or standing or walking on his treadmill desk like. I don't know, I tried doing the standing thing and I just found myself shifting back and forth on my feet a lot and getting fidgety. So walking at like a very slow pace gets me to not fidget and keep better posture than if I were just trying to stand there and work. Yeah, which speaks to like our nature, which is we're supposed to move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and then I just end up walking five miles while I'm also just working at the same time, you know? So it's nice You're a good multitasker. dual. Yeah, I have to be. <laughs> That'd be hard for me. I can't drink water and walk at the same time. Can you pat your head around your belly? I'm on the belly. right side. I can't do it on the left side. That's so funny that you knew it right away. Yeah. On the right side. I can do it on the right side. That's why I think I should have learned how to play guitar as a lefty. Because I tell my fingers, you know, do this, and then it's like it doesn't. My right I can eat pizza doing pretty much anything else. So I can multitask. You can what? You can eat pizza while doing anything else. Like eat pizza with a fork or? Or like while swimming or like while reading, you working. Just like pizza? I can eat pizza anytime. We haven't had pizza in a while. I haven't had pizza in a while. I, I gave up tomatoes. Why? So, uh, I have a sensitivity to it. It's the nightshades. It's a yeah, nightshade. Nightshade, yeah. yeah. That's a bummer because yeah, tomatoes. And salsa? Yeah. Do you feel mm. better though? And oh, hell yeah. So Mexican. So Oh, I feel so much better. Like you talk about all this movement deal, like it feels better to stretch, like it feels better to eat right. <laughs> yes. Like you know that bloating feeling you get after you know I don't get that anymore. Yeah. That was what how I felt before I knew gluten was my issue. And I was like, Oh, bloating isn't normal. Once I took it out, it's like, oh Oh yeah. You're supposed to like feel flat, not mm -hmm. all the time. Well see my family's like, What do you mean you only ate two plates of food? Like, <laughs> you don't love me? Like eat some more. It's like my stomach is on the table now. I don't do my belt. And they're like, yeah, but you can get a little bit more, right? I'm like, all right, sure. And so like after a while, I just kind of figured bloating after a meal was like the like norm. a normal thing, yeah. Yeah, you go to tech, uh, Austin, anywhere here in Austin has a chips and salsa. I mean, it's like an Italian restaurant, they have chips and salsa. And like you eat like two really? deals of chips and then the food yes. comes. And you're like, oh, crap. It's way too much. Yeah. And the plate's like this big too. Yes. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. So but, what, I know we talked about what got you into Bowen, but like, what even got you interested in health to begin with? Like, why did you want to do 
massage? Like what way late? I think I've known since I was a kid. I've just been tapped into energy and I'm an empath and I could feel other people and I just always felt the need and desire to put my hands on people. I remember actually in kindergarten, that's one of my first memories. We were at recess and a kid like hurt his ear and he was crying and like I just wanted to do this. It was the weirdest thing. I just remember feeling like and I remember feeling like this is weird, like and I didn't touch him, but I remember just feeling like I just have to put my hands on his ear and help him feel better. You're a healer. Yeah. So it was like there was just no other option. It was actually I did consider going into medicine or becoming a PT, but my heart was not being called that direction. Mm-hmm. It's just too much academia. It's like that's not what I want to learn. Yeah. I want to learn the essence of spirit. You know, well, how to really do healing work. Well, like you, do you take <laughs> on the energy from your clients? Like when they bring that in there, do you, do you take that I home with you? I think that. I've become way better at that, yeah. at really just being more of a channel. So when I'm working with someone with whatever they have going on, I'm just a channel and a conduit for healing, as opposed to me feeling responsible for their healing. And I think as a new practitioner, anyone starting out in the field, you feel so responsible for people and you want to do everything you can. And so I remember leaving like a full day of clients and going home and just feeling totally wiped out and tapped, mm-hmm. just totally tapped. And a lot of times I actually leave the office and I feel energized. Yeah. You know, I just feel like, yes, because I am in service, you know, I am, I'm offering love and light and that is just, it's just being open. That's how you know you found your calling. Yeah. Right? I didn't get that when I was, I'd have to see you midday just so you give me some energy so I can go back and face all those, all those people want their opioids. Uh, That's such a negative anything in the drug realm well no wonder i had a nervous breakdown right every day i'd come back i mean i get recharged from you and like refocus rechanneled and then i go back and then someone doesn't want to be a part of that and i take on so much when i was practicing chiropractic full-time i took on everything you had a car accident i went home and thought about it right because right. i'm thinking like hey they're, they're dealing with this right yes. and like you know they come there and when i was doing a lot of energy work on people i took that on and I, you almost like feel it when you walk in the room. It's like, oh shit, what are they? Well, that's because you're that's an, you're an empath. So I think, for me, it was a conscious recognition of Jessica. This is not your job to fix them. It's right. not your job. Right. You are here to just hold space for them and use whatever tools you have, and then breathe. I have found that like really consciously breathing as I work has helped a lot. I noticed that with a massage therapist I've worked with before, her breath was just so noticeable and not in a bad way, but it just, I could feel like she was using that as a way to channel yes. energy out. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's cool. Well, um, like with all the, the things that you've been learning in practice, I think the fact that you're very spiritual and in, in your approach, I think it keeps you very centered because when you, when you put your hands on someone, uh, you, regardless of whether you want to take on the energy or not, you do. Right, like you, there's a magnet, magnetism and ionization, and just this almost like this. It's it's like a force field, yeah. like that you can feel. Yes, like, and the interesting thing is on the chakras, you feel it. That's I didn't even know about chakras until I started studying because of the meridians. And I was like, yes. oh my god, that's what I feel. And I would feel over like certain parts of the spine. I'm like, yes. man, it's like on fire here, and yes. it's you can push it and it pushes you back. And I was just like. Oh my God, like that is intense. And you're not taught any of that in medical books at all. And I'm just thinking like, there's so much energy here. Why is there so much heat coming from this place as opposed to this place? Right? And then you go look at the chakras and the connections and the meridians. It's like, oh, that goes to your stomach. Mm -hmm. There's your brain. Here's your sexual dysfunction. 
Yep. And you're just Absolutely. like, oh, wow. I'm like, that's intense. So then it's like, well, how do you clear that? Right? And then that's where you come into play, right? Because yes. you're saying, like, there's things that are blocking it, like yes. the cheat, right? Like, there's blocking that, remove the blockage, allow the body to kind of just start yes. working on its own. And oftentimes, what I, because I work a lot, you know, with chronic pain, is it's trauma. And All it's, kinds of sometimes trauma. Sometimes it's unconscious trauma, you know, trauma before you have memory, could then in utero. So you don't even know, like, why, why am I having this problem? It's like, and that's a lot of times what I'm tapping into. It's like something happened when you were really young. You know, that's what we have to release. Oh, my God. That's a whole Pandora's yeah. box right there. It right? is a whole Pandora's God. box. But that's what I love. That's what I love is, like, it's the mystery. It's like there's no, there's no like, medical book or textbook that's going to be able to. Because it's, no. you're dealing with the divine feminine, which is you can't define it. I know. But, that, <laughs> but when you open that up you're the right person to deal with it because I can't give them something that's I that's why I'm so amazed with trauma uh therapists is because there's so many different layers of it that yes. each each year you could say okay are you ready to take on this other layer no I'm not ready to do that yeah. I'll tell you this the honest truth is my mom called me last week and uh the leaving Neverland documentary oh, yeah. is on, oh, yeah. all right I, that, but... I I was a huge Michael Jackson fan growing up and she called me because she's like I want to talk to you about this like what do you think about it and I said, Mom, I haven't seen the documentary. I don't want to watch it. I really don't. And she said, well, you didn't call me back after I texted you. I said, I wasn't ready to talk about it. And I said, because it's weird. That type of trauma that they experience is a different trauma that I'm about to go through, knowing that basically most of my childhood, pun intended with all this, is about to get like removed because I grew up listening to his music. And if the uh, idea is yeah. saying, like, <clears throat> the music takes you back to a place in time, whether it's good or bad, yes. right? Yeah. But, like, you have a, a resonance with it that yes. different people have, right? Like, yes. To me, when I'm, like, sad, I listen to certain songs because I want to get the tears out, right? Like, yes. I got to get it out. I got to get it out. Yes. When I'm happy, I listen to a song that makes me very happy. But then, like, that whole aspect of it, I don't know how to deal with that. Like, I really don't know at this point. And I'm just kind of like, that's going to be a whole other thing that comes out. And I don't know how it's going to come out, you know, like, in my body, right? Because mentally, like, I have this connection that that was, like, Thriller was, like, one of the best albums of all time. And I remember seeing the Thriller video. And I was like, to me, that's my childhood. And now, like, to whatever's going to happen when I hear and see all that stuff, it's going to be like, oh, crap. Whatever innocence I had, even at that point, is probably like, you didn't know better. Because Bill Cosby was at the I same was just going to say it reminds me a lot of Bill Cosby. Because yeah. I love the Cosby show. Like, loved that show. Yeah. And then now it's like, I can't watch that right. show. Right. So I don't even like, think they even broadcast it anymore, but I couldn't watch it. Right. That's a big issue they're facing with the R. Kelly thing right now, too, is like, so many people, it, it took them so long to even try him because so many people were such fans of his that it's like, you know, everyone uses the phrase separate the art from the artist, but how do you do that? You get so attached to someone that you're a fan of. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know, going back to like the trauma thing, watching just, even if it's a stupid like crime show or something, you know, and, and suddenly the victim, it turns out that they've had this block in their mind the whole time from the time they were abused when they were a kid, whatever, that scares me. Like psychology is so interesting to me in that aspect where our brains are literally made to defend ourselves in a way that you can have this whole event happen and you yeah. block it out yeah, somehow. Yeah, you contain it. Yeah. Contain it. so, it's for survival. Yeah. It's just insane to me. Like, I, I, I always end up, if I watch one of those shows, I'm always like, did SVU. I, something happen to me? SVU. I'm telling you, I love Law and Order SVU. That's like my favorite old person show. I just, they show it like a marathon on Saturdays, and sometimes I just watch like four episodes of it. But like the trauma, even from like a motor vehicle, motor vehicle, a motor vehicle accident after uh, I would see them, I would literally tell them 
after this, I know you think you're going to do okay, but there's this whole other mental aspect yeah. you have no idea about yet. And they're like, whatever. I'm like, okay, tell me what's going to happen next time you hear a car accident or the tire screech in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would say the same pain comes back again in the same area. And it, it just clenches back up again. it's locked in the body, it's locked in the fascia. Right. That's why I tell people when they've done a lot of like cognitive, you know, just talk therapy. And I'm like, have you actually processed the trauma in your body? And a lot of them are like, no. I'm like, how many years have you done therapy? I'm like, you can never heal trauma until you heal it in the body. Oh, yeah. But see, like me, I, I, there's some people that are afraid to go that route. Right? Because They're just you, not ready. They're not they're ready. They're just not ready. Right. I think when you're ready, right, as a student's ready, the teacher appears. Yeah, so do you I'm see affirm- that? Oh, hell yeah. Do you see that? Where you're I like, have clients that I've worked with for years, and now all of a sudden they're ready. But do you see it, and you're like, ooh, we, we hit something there. I'm not, oh, should, yeah. I, should but I, I, But I also know that I move gently. Yeah. So it's just, you know, sometimes I just plant the seed, you know. But I can usually tell when someone's ready to move into it or not. Like, I have a client that I've been working with, and she suffered sexual abuse when she was younger. And she opened up about it. And, um... It was actually just today that she was like, I'm ready to like Talk feel this. Yeah. yeah. She's just ready. But I've, you know, it's been like a year and a half that I've been seeing her. Now she's like, I want to process this. So. What is the, uh, that triangle? That oh, the gave? levels of consciousness? Yeah. David Hawkins? Yeah. One of my favorite books. Power versus force. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because you gave that to me and that really. I love that. that, you love that. It's so I cool. still have it on my refrigerator door. So t- we need tell a copy of it. I know. So tell, tell me. So one of my favorite books, Power versus Force, David Hawkins, PhD, I believe. He wrote a book that's really about how everything calibrates to energy. And they use actually muscle testing, applied kinesiology, to determine the calibrations of various human emotions. So if you look at the emotion of anger, of grief, of apathy, it basically calibrates, say we have a zero to a thousand. Thousand is like peace. That's like, think Jesus, think Buddha, right? Zero being a very negative energy. So anything between zero and 200 um, basically keeps you stuck. There's no movement. So someone who's stuck in like apathy or grief, if they keep running that energy through their body, they're never gonna get anywhere. They're just going to keep reliving it and reliving it and reliving it. Once you get a little bit higher and you go into understanding, then what that equates to is life just becomes a little bit more happy and productive. Then when you're really living through your heart and you live in love and joy and gratitude, you get synchronicity and extraordinary outcomes. That's when like shit just starts working in your life. Like you have those synchronistic moments where things just seem to line up. You know what I'm talking about, right? You're kind I mean, of experiencing I'm that now. I'm experiencing this right <laughs> yeah, now. I know. That's why I had to tell yes. you about it. Yes. Yeah. That's why I always tell people, like, when things out of your control start bringing you joy and happiness, it's because you're living more from your heart. That is the benefit we all get. If we all can learn to just love and forgive a little bit more, what we get is more. We get more life. We get better relationships, better opportunities. But as you know from someone who came from a place... When we worked together initially, mm-hmm. when you were like, you were so unhappy in your work, right? You had mm-hmm. high anxiety. You kept getting more and more of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a cycle. It was a total cycle. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I tell people, if you keep perpetuating the problem and you keep bitching about the same thing, mm-hmm. you're just going to keep getting more of it. Mm-hmm. So oh, you yeah. have to do something different, right? Definition of insanity, keep doing the same thing, expect a different result. <laughs> I was, I, I, <laughs> right? I was yes. so amazed of it because I saw myself climb up. And go up that triangle. Like, it was incredible because I didn't understand. When you first handed it to me, I was like, 
I don't get this. I really don't understand this. Like, what are you telling me here? You know, like, I need to change my frequency, the way I think about things. And you're kind of like, yeah, but that's not, it's much more than that. I literally had to have like a pilgrimage to like, like search my soul and say, what do you want to do with your life? If that means doing completely something you've never done before with a new kid here, you know, and a wife that you told to stay home and raise the kid for the first year, pretty much like while you go off and decide you're going to go find yourself. You better make sure you know what the hell you're doing, yeah. right? But even then, I did it to basically not have another nervous breakdown again. To to face because there was something inside me. I was like, yes. "There's something here that I have to nurture and and let let loose." Yes. And I feel like that's what was coming out. While all this other negativity was there, suppressing yes. this creativity. And as I started addressing it, I started reaching different levels of consciousness to where I was like, "Oh my God, I understand." apathy in a different way i understand negativity in a different way i understand love in a different way because the thing was it wasn't that i loved merrick more right Mm -hmm. i loved her for her support right it was that i loved myself and that was the coolest thing out of the whole deal i i didn't have any kind of like self-worth at that point i didn't feel like i was doing the work i should have been doing and healing people because i i started off as a chiropractor yeah healing people naturally getting to the root cause of it, you know, spending hours and hours putting my hand on them, and now I'd see people for five minutes, give them a pill, and then I'd see them again in a month for the same thing, and I knew it wasn't gonna help them. There was no fulfillment. Well, and that's, that's it right there. When you know in your heart, this is not, I'm not being in service, you're, you're not being consistent with your authenticity. There is something I think really awful that happens within your spirit, and that's what was happening with you. I could see when you come in. Oh, you yeah. would wear all over you, and I was just like, I know what you're capable of, and my job is just to remind you of that. Oh, yeah. And look what happened. <laughs> it was like, thank God yeah. for that, right? I, I mean, literally. That's why it's still on the, the, the fridge, because I get to remind myself of it every day, and I see things mm-hmm. that come along with it. It's weird, because the law of attraction is a real thing. Like, it really is, right? The way that you channel certain energy, you manifest it in your life, it comes back to you. And it's just incredible, because I still catch myself not believing it and he has to pull me back in it because if you talk about if you talk about a person who is like was made to guide you along the way Balder is probably one of those people because he's my best friend he's my brother but there's certain so times awesome. when he he'll say like just trust the process he doesn't have to say it that way but it's just like it's gonna happen yeah bullshit man no way that negative because like just gonna happen Really? At the end of the day, I'm like, oh, it did. And you kind of smile. I'm like, that was cool. And I rarely try to get emotional uh, uh, other than the idea I just get stressed out, which is weird. But I try to not get too elated to where when things happen, it's like, you know, like secretly all this cool stuff's in the back of my mind going on. But I'm just like, all right, that was really cool. I get more impressed with the idea it actually happened. Yes. You know, like you want it so bad enough, it happens. I'm The reason why I'm such a proponent of what you do and I love all your work, I love you as a person, is because like, I would not be sitting here with all these other people if it wasn't for you unlocking the ability for me to just basically say, I can do this. I honestly, how many people would be able to tell someone who has a crazy idea that is, you know, like, go do it. But you saw something else there and you were like, do it. Just fucking do it. Like you almost like would hit me like, go fucking do it. (laughs) Go do it. And it's kind of like, all right, cool. All right, I'll listen. I'll listen. And then it's like, all right, cool. What else can I do? What else can I learn? Yes. Right? And so at this point now, the everyday work of you saying I'm working on fashion, I'm getting the release done, 
I'm still at the point now where I don't ever want to go back to that place again. And so I'm like, what am I doing to keep myself here? It's not working harder in business. It's working harder on myself. Yes. Yes. And all this stuff that you've done is basically incorporate new tools to help people yes. with the same type of problem. Yeah. Because that's my, that is my intention of my work. I mean, people show up with pain, but I know that this is my job is to get them here. Yeah. It's like, what do you want to do with your life? Where do you want to go? You know, <laughs> what are you here to serve? How do you want to give? What song do you want to sing? Yeah. That's what matters, you know? That's what matters. But Sometimes pain shows up as a teacher. Anxiety shows up as a teacher. You need that as a catalyst to go, this isn't working for me. I so believe that. So sometimes you have to look at it as this is my teaching and I had to go through this experience because you are now a teacher for others. Yeah, I I think that's why I love educating so much. But I, I used to have this quote above my desk that uh, I forgot who exactly said it. Maybe it was uh, Chopra, but it was uh, <laughs> out of chaos comes um, your path. It, it becomes the light, you know, the phoenix, all that. And I forgot the exact wording, but... I used to stare at it because like all this crap would just go through my head. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then it's like, well, this is the part next that's going to be the most important part. Because when you figure out how to address it, even if it's not certainty, it's just more like, I'm just going to do it because everyone else tells me that this is the path. I'm going to do it. It's like walking on coals, right? Like you just basically say, <laughs> it's going to get me somewhere. I'm going to just go and find it. These two alone don't have itinerary when they travel. Right, which scares the hell out of people. Really? Right? We went to Costa Rica for two weeks with no plan. Oh, that sounds dreamy. <laughs> right? But see, but see, that's... That's the best. That's the best. Oh it was so fun. But that's your level of consciousness now, yeah. right? Everyone wants a plan. Tell me how it's going to get... I want to start a business. Yes. Tell me when I become successful. Oh, shit. It might be 10 years from now. Yeah. I don't think I can go through that. Because of all the ups and downs that makes and breaks you as a person. And I don't think I'd be able to be here with all the shit that's gone on in the past year without, like me meditating every yes. day and having gratification for the little wins that I have every day yes. and the ability to say, Hey, worst case scenario, the sun's shining. I'm living in the greatest city in the world and I got a family <laughs> to come home to. Aww. Like to me, like it's those things that yes. I know that it's going to be all right. And I wake up tomorrow and do it all over again. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> this is completely 180 from when I would come in, I was basically like ready to cry. Like, I don't know what I want to do. Can I just stay here all day? I'll pay for an extra two hours Aww. if I could just stay here No, but here I saw it in you because I could feel it in your space. Like I said, there's something magical when you step into spirit and past, present, future all come together. So you, I could feel within you. It was like, you, your life is going to be like this. You just had to trust. That was it. You had to trust. Because stepping into the unknown is fucking scary. You, so scary. You know what's the funniest part? Is that I'd go back to, to medicine and uh, I'd be sitting there just like, pretty much like in a daze. I'm just sitting there with a big old smile on my face. I'm just like, oh, That's fuck awesome. these guys. You know, I don't care. What do you want? What do you want today? All right, all right, cool. And then like people would come in, they were like, so what are you doing over there every time you go? I'm like, I don't even want to tell you. <laughs> I don't, even, I don't even know how to begin yeah, to explain to you. Like, I don't even... No, just know that I'm still here. Like, I'm not, like, not coming back and returning to work. At least I get everything done. But, yeah, it was... It was, like, a whole other world. And I missed it. Remember, I would tell you, I'm like, I miss this. I miss this type of setting where it's a place of healing. This is a crazy thing. I worked in a place of medicine that was not healing by any no. means. There was no healing going on whatsoever. And I'm a healer just like you. Yeah. And that's where the fulfillment... I was like, oh... I don't get any of that. No, you're just numbing people. Yeah. Like, ultimately, when you give a pain medication, it's just numbing you. Oh, yeah. So, and you can't heal until you feel. Yeah. 
I, it's the truth. I, it's like to heal it, you've got to feel it. That's what I've learned. You have to be able to feel it. That's how you process it and then get it out. But if you're on a bunch of pain meds, yeah, you may not feel pain, but the issue is still residing within the body. And then over time, if you don't address it, we all know what happens. You would laugh because there are times that I would tell people, like, have you ever done yoga before? Like, even the pain patients. No? I'm like, you should do some yoga. Why would I do some yoga? <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, why? I want to stretch? I'm like, no. Like, you should probably help your back pain yes. by being more flexible. Because you sit on your fat ass all day. And <laughs> you, you don't. That? Yeah, I would sometimes say <laughs> really? that. I'd I say, like, that. you just sit your on your ass all day and you don't do anything. And you come here and you expect this pill to do what for you? Like get up and start moving around. So I would get in the, in the, in the room with them and I would do upward dog with them. That is so The cool. most simplest thing. And they're like, cool. I'm like, all right, so here's your prescription. Take this stupid ass morphine pill and then also do 10 minutes of yoga a day. Do these three poses. They come back the next month. Be honest with me. Did you do it? Yeah, I forgot to do them. Yeah. You didn't forget to show up for this appointment, though, I guarantee you. Like, you know, like, you knew how many pills you had left, and you were going to show up, but why can't you do this? And it was just this garb. It is. It was, it's, it's, it's a form of numbing. Yeah. And we have a whole culture built around that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so that frustration was, I would say, you want to know what to do. Here's what I'd really do, but you're never going to do it. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my efforts here. Let's go somewhere else where it's needed. And I felt, for a while, I felt like I turned my back on the whole situation in a, in a negative way. But really, I was turning on on my personal perception of what I was yeah. doing. I couldn't force it. Well, because it yeah. wasn't it wasn't your true nature. It was going against your belief system, and I think that's the hardest thing. Because you know what that is? It's from an energetic sense. It's a form of prostitution. You're basically doing <laughs> something. No, it is. You're basically <laughs> selling your soul you're because you're so you're a whore. I'm such a whore. Dude. To make money, you're a whore and you're whoring yourself out. I mean it in an energetic sense. It is. Anytime you were doing something, I made more money doing that. Than I ever had exactly. I was good at it too, damn it. I was so good. I had it down to an art. That is so. Hilarious. That's what I tell people. Like, if you're doing something for money and it's eating at your soul, that is a form of prostitution because it wakes them up. Because anytime you say that, you're like, "What? Like, that's horrible." But I'm like, that is a form of prostitution. You are selling your soul. You may not be selling yourself for sex, but you're selling yeah. your soul. A little. Your that is the worst that, feeling. That's that honestly true. I, I had a little piece of my soul died every time yes, I went back to work. I mean, I can tell when you talk about it, and I can tell when you come in. I'm like, dude, that is cool. eating him up. It's eating him up. Oh right. my god, that is awesome! I never Do thought. Like that? I'm glad that's good. Yeah, that's that good. Who knew? On Who that note, who knew I was turning tricks for about five years? On that years. note, remember you're all whores. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so go pay your mortgage. All right. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna. I'm sure there's other places to um, to contact you, but here we are, Jessica Schaefer. She's having a nice little workshop, April sixth here in the Austin area. It'd be awesome if you guys can attend. Um, there's a discount code. Yes. Feel good. Feel good. We'll, we'll put that on the show notes. Do you have an Instagram, Facebook? How, I have, how's... yeah, Facebook, Austin, Bowen Work and Alignment Center, and uh, Instagram. I don't even know what I am on Instagram. Her website That's will much... also be linked in yeah, the show Yeah, my notes. website. I'm not a big social media person. I'm kind of old school. I'm in my <laughs> 40s, so, you know. <laughs> That's why I have them. I'm old. I'm old as shit. And hair tips? Can you do hair tips, too? <laughs> oh, thank you. Just wash with Pantene and go like this. 
That's awesome. No, but if you do want to come to this class, there's only a couple spots left. I think it's going to sell out this week, so yeah. get on it. And <laughs> if you have a chance, fly down and get some Bowen treatment. It's it's really cool. Uh, obviously, right? I'm a little biased, though. Yeah, I'm a little biased, too. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah. you.